Was that good? I saw Walt Berger. <laughs> Glory to God! Glory to God in there! Praise. All right. Wow. For those of you who don't know who Walt Berger is, I'm sorry. <laughs> you, you, you missed it. <laughs> you missed it. Am I on? I'm on. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your goodness, for your mercy. Ah, thank you for resurrection. Lord, that the grave is not the end. Ah, there will be mass resurrection. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just pray that your grace would be on the service as I, as I minister the word this morning. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, uh, uh, today is Easter. Welcome. Uh, glad to see you in church on Easter morning, the day we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ uh, from the grave when He triumphed over death and the devil and, and rose from the dead. He died on the cross as payment for our sin. It was uh, judgment against sin. He bore on in His body uh, the, the, the penalty of, of the sin of all mankind. He suffered and died. If, if, if you don't uh, know what that looked like, you know, watch the movie The Passion of Christ. It is an incredible portrayal of the crucifixion. <clears throat> but the resurrection and Christianity uh, doesn't end with the crucifixion. It's the resurrection. It's Easter morning. It's when Jesus rose, when the, when the tomb was empty. And that's what we celebrate. And we're going to read, we're going to begin in uh, Matthew 28 and read, uh, really almost the whole chapter, uh, 1 through 1 through 28. So if you have your Bible, turn to Matthew 28. If not, uh, we will project it on the screen. And I'm going to need my glasses this morning. Alright. Yeah, we're going to read the whole chapter. How's that? You ready for a whole chapter of the Bible? Alright. It says, now after the Sabbath. I'm going to read through this and I'm just going to talk a few points that I find poignant and important from this concerning how we celebrate Easter. Now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. So this was after Christ was crucified, after He was betrayed and convict, wrongly convicted and, and crucified, hung on the cross, died and was buried uh, and was in the grave uh, for three nights. This is the morning of the eighth day. Sunday morning. It says, And behold, in verse 2, there was a great earthquake, and an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. Kind of like that. His countenance was like lightning, and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for He is risen, as He said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell His disciples that He is risen from the dead, and indeed is going before you into Galilee. There you will see Him. Behold, I have told you. So they went quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy. Isn't that great? I like that phrase. Fear and great joy. Full of fear and joy at the same time. And ran to bring His disciples' word. And as they went to tell the disciples, behold, Jesus met them there, saying, Rejoice! So they came 
and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my my brethren to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Now while they were going, behold, some of the guard came into the city and reported to the chief priests all the things that had happened. And when they had assembled with the elders and consulted together, they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers, saying, Tell them his disciples came at night and stole him away while you slept. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will appease him and make you secure. So they took the money and did as they were instructed. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. And when they saw Him, they worshipped Him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to Me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So this is the conclusion of Matthew's Gospel. Actually, our baptistry is on loan. We loan our baptistry out, the tank that we use, to another church in town. They're believing for 200 baptisms this Sunday and next Sunday. Can we believe with them? Father, we bless them. Father, let there be 200 baptisms over the next two weeks in Jesus' name. Lord, uh, uh, Jesus commanded the, the climax, the, the pinnacle of, of the Gospel story in Matthew is this commission and, and uh, uh, what happened. Uh, not, not, you know, so much of Christianity is, is, is on the cross. And it's true, it was on the cross that it was finished. Jesus won the victory on the cross. He paid the price. But He didn't stay on the cross. He didn't stay in the tomb. He rose from the dead. And as that prophetic picture came this morning of, of, of Matt being pulled up out of the grave, that's exactly what's going to happen when Christ returns. Everyone is going to be lifted up out of the dirt, out of the grave, out of death, out of the grip of death, and, and given new life, new bodies. Well, there's a few things from this passage that I want to uh, uh, pull, uh, draw attention to. We're just kind of kind of go through that, uh, uh, not verse by verse, but section by section. And it begins with after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn. You know, uh, as Christians, we celebrate on Sunday, and uh, some people don't understand uh, this, and they get confused. And uh, you know, uh, or at least I think they're confused. <laughs> There's a reason we worship on Sunday morning. Because it's the first day of the week. Every week we celebrate the resurrection. Not just once a year. Alright? I'm glad you're here on Easter morning. But every week is the declaration when, uh, that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. It's not a remembrance of the Sabbath, the day that He rested. Uh, and we respect that and we rest. It's, our rest is fulfilled in Christ. But we celebrate and we gather together and we worship and we call attention to Jesus' resurrection on the first day of the week. We join with Him. It's an ongoing declaration that we are part of this new creation that began 
when Christ rose from the dead. It says, the Bible says that He is the firstborn of the new creation. And, um, and so we gather, uh, as they gathered there on the first day, as Jesus rose on the first day of the week, and then we kind of jump down. Uh, we read that the uh, angel appeared and, and the Lord descended, uh, the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and rolled back the stone. You know, why did he roll back the stone? To let Jesus out? No, Jesus was already out. It's to let the women and the disciples see there's nothing in the grave. Alright? We have this uh, dramatic uh, experience of the angel descending and rolling back the stone. He was so brilliant. And it says that the guards shook and became like dead men. <laughs> you know what? That's just what happens when God shows up and reveals Himself and reveals the glory of God. When, when the manifest glory of God... I mean, if an angel showed up in this room and kind of pulled back the veil. Do you think you'd all just be sitting there like you're sitting there now? All throughout Scripture! When God shows up in unusual ways. You know? And it is unusual. And what, you know what my prayer is? Let it be usual! Why is it unusual? Why? I want to see the unseen. We fellowship with God on a daily basis. And sometimes He lets us have a little peek. And here the angel showed up. And these big, you know, they're Roman guards. These were little guys. They were big. They're this, they were the fighting force. They were the strongest army in the world. And they dropped over. They shook and they fell. They were like they were dead just because God showed up in a little way. Shaking and falling is all throughout Scripture. <clears throat> Actually, it's normal. It is. We just sometimes hide from it. I want it. They didn't stay dead. They weren't dead. They got up. We'll talk more about them in a minute. <clears throat> they, the women were there also. And you probably, you know, kind of picture and you read the other Gospels and get a more complete picture if you, if you kind of put it all together. But, you know, the angel showed up, the, the soldiers fell over, and probably just as the women were getting there, the, so they saw the angels and they were afraid. Uh, fear is a, also an appropriate response to an encounter with God, uh, miraculous power in His rev- revelation. But they, they were afraid and they were given a mission. Uh, um, <clears throat> by the angel. It says, go tell. And uh, I, I think I want to elaborate on this just for a minute because there's something that's really beautiful in Scripture and it's often overlooked. And to me, it's one of the most powerful parts of the story. And, and maybe if you would take a minute and recall uh, what happened when death won, when death took over, uh, back in the garden with Adam and Eve, what happened, right? Eve, the woman, was deceived by the devil into eating the fruit. And then she gave it to the man and, and he ate. 
And in the New Testament it says Adam sinned and through Adam's sin all men have sinned. And so we were, uh, the entire race was plunged into sin and death through that sin. <clears throat> but here Jesus uh, uh, rises from the dead and the first one to hear and to be the witness, and not only the witness, but the messenger of the truth was to women. Wow! This is what I've been talking about. Full restoration. This is the beginning of the unraveling of the curse that had uh, uh, begun back in the garden when all of mankind and human history was corrupted through sin and deceit and the power of the enemy and Christ at His resurrection, the first person that was told. So to get the picture, uh, uh, many, many uh, generations earlier, Eve, deceived by uh, the devil, uh, accepts that deception and shares the deception, the lie with, her, with Adam the man. And through that, sin and death entered the world. And now Jesus rises from the dead. And to undo that, the angel tells the woman, receive this, the truth, and take the truth and go tell my, the disciples. And so here we have women being entrusted with the message of the Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ being the first delivery uh, people who ministered the message. <clears throat> you know, it's really unlike the, uh, 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 the incorrect historical depiction that, you know, this has been a few years, so most people probably don't even remember, but that book, what was it called? Um, the Da Vinci Code? You know, and Mary Magdalene? That was just so... That was not historical fiction. <laughs> you know, Mary, Mary Magdalene was the one that heard that. Mary had been, had been, seven demons had been cast out of her by Jesus' ministry early on. And ever since, she's, she hasn't been despised by the church. She's been revered. She's a saint in, in all of the church traditions. She's considered a saint. In the Eastern Orthodox Church, um, they actually bestowed on her the highest title, which is called Equal with the Apostles. Kind of interesting, eh? Mainly because she was, she was the one that carried the Gospel to the disciples. <clears throat> and so we see the, the effect of the curse. The effect of the deception that Satan sold Eve being unraveled by Mary. And the other Mary receiving truth and being messengers of truth. And now in this new creation, in the new creation that started when Christ rose from the dead, we're all commissioned to go and tell. Alright? So part of this full restoration, and it's really, I'm tying this into the series I've been preaching the last couple of weeks, is removing all barriers. All barriers from you and I, from every man, woman, and child uh, to fulfill their full 
calling and destiny in Christ. And we saw in Naaman, this was a few weeks ago, the removing of ethnic and racial and, and even physical. He was physically, he had uh, leprosy, and so he was an outcast because of his physical disabilities. Those barriers were removed through uh, Naaman's uh, healing and then conversion. And we saw uh, last week with the prodigal, the, the removal of economic and social barriers that held people back and unfortunately still hold people back from fulfilling their destiny. But in Christ, these things are removed. And here we see the removal of gender barriers that, that we don't put limitations on people because of gender. The first people to hear of the resurrection were women. And it says in, in Galatians chapter 3, 27 through 28, it says, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. You've put Him on. You live in Him. Your life is hidden in Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. Okay, no Jew, no Greek. That means there's no racial barriers in the kingdom. Neither slave nor free. There's no economic barriers in the kingdom. Right? There's neither male nor female. There's no, there's no gender barriers in the kingdom. For you are all one in Christ. We come into the same relationship with the Father and with Jesus and with Holy Spirit through the work, the saving work of Jesus Christ in the cross. And all of those barriers are removed. So listen, whatever barriers you feel are in your life. Okay? Now, I'm not just talking about what happened 2,000 years ago with some women in the Middle East. I want, and the purpose of the message is to change your life. Say, the purpose is to change my life. The purpose is to change my life. Okay, look at the person next to you and say, the purpose is to change your life. life. Alright, and you know what the real purpose is? The real purpose is for us to change the world. Okay? That's what we're called, but we need to have it first here. We need to see our barriers removed. Whatever barrier you feel hinders you from being all that God's called you to be, that barrier was nailed to the cross with Jesus Christ. We're one in Him. (laughs) We're in Christ. So anything Christ can do, He can do through us. Because we're in Him. We're the vessel. He's what fills us. Amen? Amen. Don't hide behind imaginary obstacles. The Bible says, rise up in newness of life. It grieves my heart. It breaks my heart when I see people. None of you, of course. But I see it. I mean, I see it people choosing to hide behind a barrier that they say from their perspective prevents them from living free and living full and being happy and being uh, fulfilling their purpose and their destiny and being filled with God and walking in truth and free from sin free from uh, uh, every obstacle And they're hiding behind a barrier that just isn't there. Because Christ took it. They're like cowering in fear. And you're standing there looking and saying, just rise up! Rise up in newness of life! Don't you realize Jesus took that? He died. He died for that. 
He died for you. Don't stay groveling on the ground. Don't be like the guards playing dead because they're afraid of the angel. Be like the women. They were seeking. What did the angel say to the women? What did he say? What did the angel say to the women? Don't be afraid because I know you come to seek Christ. Be a seeker. Okay. I got to move on. So, they're going. They meet Jesus. Another one of my favorite parts of the Scripture. The word rejoice there, actually in some translation, they don't even say it as a quote. Because the word rejoice is just like the common greeting of the day. And it, it can be translated cheers. Like the Europeans, you know, the Brits. Cheers. Cheers. So, so... This is one of the things I want to see. You know, there's, I want to see creation. What, what, I, what I mean is when I get to heaven, I want to watch the DVDs, right? <clears throat> you know, with 3D, I'm sure it's surround sound. You know. So how did Jesus say rejoice? Was it like, rejoice! You know. Oh, you know. Or was it, hey, cheers. You don't know. I think I think Jesus would probably standing there going, <laughs> "There's Mary. They're all scared from the angel. Hi. <laughs> we don't know. All it, you know what it means? It means be happy. Hey, be happy. <clears throat> be happy. It means be extremely happy. Be extremely happy. And then he says, and they worship him, you know, they fall down, and then he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it's right for you to do that. But go and tell. Ah, oh, second time. The angel said, go and tell. Jesus said, be happy. You can worship me, but go and tell. Second time that same phrase is repeated. And then the guards get up. All right? Can you imagine? These Roman soldiers hit by an angel. Shows up, they fall down as though they're dead. They come to, the stones rolled away. Oh no! So they, some of them go and report to their, um, <clears throat> the chief priests the things that had happened. And the word reported there, I saw this. This is brand new revelation. I never heard this before. This is uh, fresh out of the oven. Ready for this? The word reported is the same word that the angel and Jesus used to the women to say, go and tell. You know what? As a result of the resurrection, even the guards became evangelists. The Mar- Mary and Mary went and told. Alright? And Jesus told Mary and Mary to go tell. But the guards get up and they went and, do- went and told. You know, when something incredible happens, what do you want to do? You want to go tell somebody? That's why they have Twitter. <laughs> I had an amazing hamburger. You know? An angel appeared, and I fell over as though I was dead, and then the tomb was empty. <laughs> Sin. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> there you go. <laughs> Share! <laughs> Boom! Okay, when the chief priest, you know, the chief priest came in, they, they heard it and they were oh my goodness, now what are we going to, now what are we going to do? Oh my goodness. <clears throat> and so they tell them, and it's interesting, I thought, well, they tell them, so maybe that's the same word. It's not. <clears throat> it's a different word. They say, and it means a systematic or set discourse. Or <laughs> like this. It says, an extended or random harangue. <laughs> In other words, explain it like this. All right, if people come and ask you what happened, explain it like this. You know, this long, complicated, uh, we fell asleep and don't tell our boss, but, and they came and snuck away and they gave him a bunch of money. <clears throat> uh, uh, but the angel and Jesus and what they originally did, and, and actually the uh, proper response to encountering the revelation of the resurrection is just to announce. Go tell just means announce it. Declare it! Jesus rose from the dead. But how do I how do I minister the gospel? Okay, this is what you say. Jesus rose from the dead. No, but, but how do I explain it? Okay, this is how you explain it. First he died for your sin, and then he rose from the dead. What if they don't believe me? Say it again. What if they get tired of hearing? Go tell somebody else. How long am I supposed to do this? Until Jesus comes back. And you do this and people will respond. So <clears throat> it culminates. Um, uh, you know, so the, 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 the third use of that same phrase was the guards themselves. The angel told Mary and Mary to go tell. Jesus told uh, them to go tell. And then the, 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 the guards themselves went and told. Uh, and, the, and then we find Christ's commission, and that's in verse 16 uh, through 18. And, and this kind of jumps forward a little bit in the story. We won't go through uh, the details, but Jesus meets them. And this is uh, just as, uh, in, as He ascends uh, and He gathers his, his closest followers together. And it says, I'm going to read this again, verse 16 through 20. It says, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. And when they saw Him, they worshipped Him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to Me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Here again, Jesus says, this is what you do with this message, is that you go and tell. Go and tell the entire world, all nations, every ethnic group, every language, every people group, people like you, people unlike you, it doesn't matter. Go tell the message of the resurrection and baptizing. Immerse them into the name, the character, and the power of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Listen, the Gospel, the message, the declaration of this truth works. It works. Some people's personal experience, they try Jesus, but their life isn't changed. That's a truth. Some people, I've seen people who came, who confessed, but didn't, but, but just stayed groveling on the ground behind a barrier. 
And some people stay that way as long as I, I know them. Maybe something happens later. But the gospel works because countless millions, it's close to 2 billion confessing Christians on planet Earth today. Alright? The gospel works for one reason. Because Jesus rose from the dead. It's a historical fact. It's based on truth. Truth that happens to be true. Alright? He rose from the dead and He will come again. And our commission, just like their commission, is to tell that message. So who are you in this story? This is the conclusion. Are you like Mary? Unqualified? You know, Mary was unqualified. She was a woman. She had been filled with seven demons. Alright? So that probably looked kind of messy. Yet, she was chosen to be the one to carry the message. Maybe your past has stuff in you, has stuff in it that makes you feel unqualified. Jesus took care of that on the cross. You're qualified in Christ. Say, I'm qualified. I'm qualified. In Christ. Alright, this enables you to be fully restored and fulfill the commission. Your commission. Your mission. Are you one of the guards? Hey, you're just on the job. You're just trying to, you know, you don't want to get messed up in this stuff. <laughs> they were just doing their job. They were just stationed there. And all, this, all the political stuff, they were just regular soldiers. They were just trying to get their job done. Hey, can I please just work the job and come home? And, you know, have something to eat so I can drive my pickup truck. <laughs> Are you hearing me? Right. But they got caught up. Something happened at work. And <laughs> knocked them off their feet and changed their plans. They didn't go home and have a barbecue like they planned. Some of them went to the, go- uh, to the chief priest. Where did the other ones go? He probably went home. Honey, you're not going to believe it. You know that Jesus? Ta-da! Guess what? An angel appeared and we fell down. We don't know what happened to them. But I guarantee you, all those guys' lives were changed. They never forgot it the rest of their life. Alright? So maybe you're like one of the guards. You're just trying to get through life. Don't miss God's call because you have another plan. Don't miss God's call because you were planning to do something else with your life. Don't miss God's call. doesn't mean you're not going to have a job or have a career. It means God wants to add to that a higher calling, a greater commission. Are you one of the priests? You think you got it all figured out. And then someone comes along and messes up your theology. And you have to choose between admitting you're wrong or receiving the truth. Choose truth. Choose truth. Don't, don't let pride, or even just lack of knowledge. You know, some of them probably had fully, full in- integrity. I don't, I don't assume that they were they're all evil. Some of them were just really trying to live what they believed the Bible taught. But it turned out what they thought the Bible said wasn't really what the Bible said. And so they had, the, they had this, and many of them did, 
read the Acts. Many of the priests came to the faith. Or you one of the disciples hiding in a room, afraid, until the women showed up and said the tomb is empty. You know what? They didn't believe her. But they ran and checked it. And sure enough, it was empty. Or even on the mountain, it says, this is after everything. And that, that, what happened on the mountain was after uh, uh, several weeks of Jesus showing up and appearing to many people. There's, you can get the rest of the story in the other Gospels. But even then, it says some of them doubted. They worshipped, yet some doubted. It doesn't say what they doubted. Some may have doubted, is Jesus really the Savior? Do I, do, do, do I, have a, I thought I had it right before, but then He died and He was buried. Now He's back. Can, can I really invest my life into this. Maybe they doubted themselves. And this is what I encounter most with people. They, people say, I'm not able to follow Jesus. And I say, that's the point. Are you hearing me? If you doubt yourself, I'm not able to represent Jesus. That's right. Let Jesus represent Himself through you. Yield to Him. Rise up in newness of life. Not in your own strength, but in Christ's strength. Take on Christ. Hide in Christ. Let Christ be your life. That's the message of the resurrection. You know what? I want this Easter to be different. I want this Easter to be different. I've been a Christian now for 30 years. Maybe over 30 years. Can this Easter be different? I've heard people tell, I've heard men that have lived through revivals that said, you know, I remember this one guy, his name was Tony Allward. Some of you know. <clears throat> he lived through the Jesus People revival. He was in Southern California in the, in the 70s when all of a sudden all the hippies got saved. By the hundreds of thousands. All right. He said it was the weirdest thing. Because he was a neat prim, proper, young, evangelical. And then all these hippies who were like stoners just started getting saved. And they had to figure out what to do. He said, and I've heard this from many, many, many different older men men and women of God. They said, we did everything exactly the same, but the fruit was exponentially increased. That's revival. When you do everything just the same... You know, we preach just like we preached before, but instead of people just nodding their heads saying amen, 30 or 40 people would run to the altar and, and get on their knees and accept Jesus and then want to get baptized and then we'd have to teach Him. And this happened day in and day out. Let this be the Easter that the kingdom invades Kalamazoo. And let it happen through you and me. You know who I am in the story? Don't take this the wrong way. Uh-oh. <laughs> What's the answer? Come on, you're my wife. Who do you think I am in the story? She's the one telling us to go tell. Who's the one telling to go tell? Mary. Jesus. No, I'm not Jesus. The angel! What's angel mean in the Greek? Messenger. All right? So I'm a messenger. I'm not an angel from heaven, but I'm a messenger. I'm saying, what am I saying? I got a white shirt. <laughs> Go and tell! Yeah. Amen.
That was so good. Oh, believe it, guys. I'm going to start preaching at you. Believe it, and it will truly happen, okay?